thank you for joining us today for this special episode of Talking Politics and Religion Without Killing Each Other. You might have noticed different music playing than normal if you're a regular listener of this program. It's a beautiful rendition of Ose Shalom, a Jewish prayer for peace. We were graciously granted permission to use this by the wonderful people at Hazamir, the International Jewish Teen Choir. There's more information about this organization in our show notes. I'm your host, Corey Nathan, and for this edition of our program, I'm so lucky to be joined by my cousin, Dr. Erica Tani Harris, and her friend, Dr. Naomi Udanen. We each share, as you'll hear, about some of our experiences, each of us having family and loved ones in Israel since the war broke out there. More importantly, we talk about a fundraiser that our families are supporting. So I'm more grateful than ever to have this forum to talk about the hard things and to talk about these tough issues in ways that engender tikkun olam which we've talked about on this show previously, and many folks are familiar with the concept. And this is even as we're witnessing events that seem so counter to that ideal. So instead of my usual intro, let's get to my conversation with Erica and Naomi. I am joined today by my cousin, Dr. Erica Tenny Harris, and by Dr. Naomi Udanen. Thank you both, Naomi, Erica, for joining me today. How are you both holding up? Uh, well, it's been a really difficult week plus now, and um, doing okay, but it's hard to resume life as normal, I think, when things are uh, you know, so difficult in Israel right now. Naomi? Yeah, I think um, what Erica said kind of reflects very closely what I feel as well. It's hard to put into words mm -hmm. how this week has felt, um, especially being the mother of two very young children in New York City where there's a lot of protests going on. You know, I, on one hand, fear for their safety. On the other hand, I'm very defiant about maintaining our current lifestyle and their pride in being Jewish yeah. um, mm -hmm. and, and find that that's very important. You know, you bring up a really important point. I, I just want to contextualize really quick. Um, so the Tannies uh, and Udanans and the Nathans all have something in common. We all have family ties to Ukraine. Uh, a lot of our mm -hmm. family got here in 1921 and some others of our family got here in the early to mid 80s. Uh, Naomi as mm -hmm. well has um, even closer uh, relations, uh, oh, as well as uh, our cousins who we stay close with in Israel. And then Naomi, uh, you as well. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you fill in the blank there. Um, yeah, so we, we have very close ties to Israel uh, right now. Uh, the fundraiser I'm running is on behalf of two soldiers that are reservists who I've known since, I want to say before they were born. I remember when their dad met their mom. Uh, their dad is my dad's the very best friend in the whole world. They immigrated together. 
at the same time from Ukraine, um, his dad to Israel, my dad to New York City. Um, and, you know, they've been close ever since. And we've spent every summer there. I've worked there for many years. I mean, I basically grew up as these kids grew up. And it's really heartbreaking to see what's happening there right now, because this is as much my family as anybody else I would call my family. So, Naomi, you said you're based in New York City. Uh, yes. What have you been experiencing there? I mean, we see some news uh, clips and, and uh, hear some, uh, see some headlines. Uh, what have you been experiencing there? Yeah, well, you know, there's, um, there's been a lot of protests against what's, uh, what Israel is now doing in, in retaliation, which I find to be heartbreaking, not just because a country should be able, a sovereign country, I should add, should be able to defend itself as needed, um, but also because, you know, the levels of anti-Semitism have already been creeping up, and I'm sure all of you have experienced this as well. Um, but in New York, it's now become very palpable. So like on Friday, for example, World Jihad Day or whatever it was that was mm-hmm. declared, uh, you know, our school had to send out um, a notice about it and tell people that it was okay to leave their kids at home. And it just kind of feels like, they don't get to have this from, for, you, you know, like, why should my kid be made aware of anything that's happening? He, the kid is three years old, right? Like, it was his birthday on Friday, and all of a sudden, half his class was missing because, what, some jihadists declared that it was mm-hmm. World Jihad Day? Like, they don't get to have that. That's not fair. It's totally not fair. And, oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, yeah, that yeah, I'm sure you've experienced similar things in Livingston, Erica. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Friday and the lead up to Friday was honestly terrifying. Um, I have two little boys and they both go to school at our local JCC or Jewish Community Center. And I decided not to send them on Friday because I was afraid of, you know, it just put me at ease. I mean, I I thought, you know, hopefully everything is fine. Everything will be fine. And it was fine, but it was very, very scary. And we did not we did not send our boys to school that day because there was this outcry of hate and a call for violence, right? I mean, there's these people that are, the, the people are, are arguing, oh, we're not anti-Semitic, we're anti-Zionist. The two are very much uh, <laughs> It hand feels hand. very anti-Semitic to me. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a language expert, but uh, yeah. it feels right. very, very much so to me. I yes, and trying to go down to those semantics gets really difficult and complicated because they are so deeply intertwined. Um, Israel is our homeland. It it is uh, you know it is a sovereign nation. There is just so much history there, um, and it just it's been very difficult. I've been I guess more outspoken than I usually am on social media with. Um, what's going on right now. And I, I've been surprised by the, the responses I've got from people. Um, just this, the equivocations, the, oh, but the poor Palestinians. And I feel for people in Gaza who have had yeah. to, uh, you know, have had to leave, especially in the North. But the thing is, if Israel does not, respond and Hamas knew that Israel would have to respond. What does that mean for the state of Israel in the future? It means that there is a message coming out that that we, that they can Israel can continue to be attacked and nothing will happen 
and the goal of of many of the, all the surrounding or many of the surrounding Arab nations of wiping Israel off the map will be something that they become more and more emboldened to do. It, it reminds me again of, of something Golda Meir said, uh, I think it was after the Yom Kippur War, or maybe it was after the 1967 war, and it, she was talking about the adversaries uh, of that war. If they, she said, if they lay down their arms, there will be peace. And she said, if we de- lay down our arms, there will be no Israel. Um, That's right. And, and it's unfortunate mm-hmm. because to your point, you know, our hearts and I was at uh, Shul on Saturday um, mm-hmm. and uh, we prayed for our Palestinian neighbors. Our cousins grew up with Palestinian neighbors. You know, there's mm-hmm. a story about building a sewage system and upgrading a sewage system, uh, you know, together, Israelis and Palestinians together. So this is not uh, about uh, Palestinians or the right to um, live freely Um it is about protecting our right to exist, uh, because it's not just about our right to exist and Israel's right to exist. It's about Jews' right to exist. And terrorists, Hamas, um, in this case, uh, would rather have it not be so. In fact, in our town, there was a gathering of Jewish mm-hmm. people and, and um, people who support Israel at our um, city hall. Mm-hmm. And there were these um, vehicles that were driving around in the parking lot with people screaming, you know, from the river to the sea and down with Israel and down with the Jews in in our in Santa Clarita, freaking California, you know. So Unbelievable. It is. But it, it is, is believable. But it is. It is believable. Look at where we are. I mean, how many Jews are there in New York City? I want to say there's more Jews here than there are in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in the New York metropolitan area, it's probably close to the same numbers as in Israel. And there is so much hatred being spewed right now. I mean, it's unbelievable after this happened. I mean, I don't usually wear this necklace. This is a, a you know, Star of David. And I I put it on and I it felt it's a crazy thing that that felt like an act of defiance. But mm. it did because it's just. the Because anti-Semitism, Naomi, as you pointed out, has been creeping up over the last several years. And I've had to question, second guess myself. Do I wear this in public? Am I going to get, uh, you know, get re- something? Is something going to happen? Am I putting myself in danger by wearing this? I specifically got out my blue and white shirt today, <laughs> as close <laughs> to the colors as I could get. But you know, something else that we that Naomi were talking about before you hopped on, Erica, mm-hmm. is that there is this narrative that sounds erudite, but is based on false premises, and that is this. Um, colonialist, anti-colonialist uh, language, this framework. Mm-hmm. And we know the stories of when our family first got to America, but also when our family got to uh, Israel. Uh, and yes. Naomi, perhaps you can... Were we colonialists? Were, were, were we the uh, the inheritors of great empire that was coming to dominate? You know, you know these- I do want to... I want to contextualize this, this sentiment, though, because... It is really coming from one place and one place only, and that place is academia, mm-hmm. really. Where you hear it starting is all mm-hmm. of the college campuses, all of the big-name universities, some of which mm-hmm. I'm ashamed to say I also graduated from. Um, and these big-name universities who have profited so much off of the work of Jews are now starting these diatribes against you know Israel and the right to exist for Israel and how it's an apartheid state and how... We are the oppressors and they are the victims. And it's this whole victim mentality that came out of 
basically nowhere. By the way, universities, I may mention, that didn't allow Jews for a very long time um, Mm -hmm. and didn't allow women for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And only very recently, in very recent memory, have, have even started letting people that look a lot like us into their halls um, and yet have benefited from the work of our own peers and, and peers before us, you know, that have failed to mention that those were all people of Jewish descent, if not most. Um, so I, I do think it's important to understand where that's coming from. It's not just random lay people that are starting these uh, these, you know, currents of thought, it's people who you would assume are very well educated and very successful um, and have quite a large platform. And just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. so you're both uh, PhD uh, your doctorate, you, you earned your doctorates. Um, uh, Erica, what did you earn your doctorate in? Uh, in clinical psychology. Oh, wow. So, that could come um, in really handy right, right about now. <laughs> yes. And it's, it actually very, it's actually inc- very interesting. Um, there is a huge, within the community, communities that I've, I'm part of that are clinical psychologists and other therapists, uh, there's a huge um, campaign right now to try to organize. There's several there's organ, uh, databases that have been organized that I'm part of, and hopefully uh, that stuff will be put into motion soon where we'll be providing either low-fee or pro bono mental health care to people who are uh, – survivors of what has what's been going on over there um you know it's a little tricky with licensing if doing virtual to to israel but i will uh most likely be able to provide services to israelis that are in the united states um as well as people who have a family member who who made made aliyah or is volunteering for the idf um that um the families of those people that need uh care because of the trauma that is being inflicted by this by this war um, so it's been a really uh, interesting process to see this from a mental health perspective. Wow. And a terrifying one as well. Naomi, what is your um, what are your studies in? Um, I am a computational biologist and uh, I did my PhD at Columbia, the university where recently just this past week an Israeli kid was beat up. Wow. Um, and mm-hmm. they had to shut the campus. So not exactly super proud of that right now. Okay. Okay. Now we're here to yeah. talk about something that you put together, Naomi, uh, that's really, it hits close to home because we have uh, cousins, uh, the cousins that are closest to my age, Jonathan, Dina, and Laura. Uh, Laura passed away. She's mm-hmm. only three months older mm-hmm. than me. Uh, but all of they, they, all three of my contemporaries have kids that have been called up. Um, uh, and Naomi, you also have close family. Could you tell us a little bit about your friends and who this charitable uh, who we're trying to raise some funds for, what we're trying to raise some funds for. Yeah, definitely. So the fundraiser that I started is on behalf of two of my very, very close friends, Evelyn and, and Jonathan Seltzer. Um, they are two IDF reservists that have currently been called to serve um, in the fight against Hamas. They are the kids of my dad's best friend uh, who immigrated to Israel around the same time that my father immigrated here. I've known them forever and ever and ever. They are wonderful people. Um, But more importantly, you know, they are trying to help their own units get the necessary equipment that they need before they all ship off. Because as you can understand, once you get mobilized, you can't really go around shopping and buying stuff that Mm -hmm. you need. And unfortunately, you know, the IDF has had to call up um, 
an insane number of reservists. I mean, 360,000 reservists, about three times the general standing army size that the IDF can supply. Uh, and so what ended up happening is that, you know, there were these massive delays in just getting basic equipment like, you know, warm socks, phone chargers, coats, you know, sweaters, so other warm clothing, um, that kind of stuff. And, and you think like here these kids are going back. They've already served. They've already done their time. They're living their lives. Many of them already have kids of their own. Um, and families of their own. And I know in New York City, there's a ton of people that flew back to serve um, as reservists because they were called on and they're all going very willingly. They're usually paying for these flights out of pocket. They're definitely paying for all of their basic needs out of pocket if they can get it. And so I wanted to start a fundraiser to kind of help them help their units get the, the things that they need and get them quickly. And the thing is, you know, there's a lot of money being uh, donated right now to big organizations, an absolutely really important cause to keep donating to. I have donated to many of these big name charities myself. But these little fundraisers, like the one that I have started, the one I, I've seen many of them that go directly to the soldiers or directly to the families of, of victims of the attack um, last week, they're a little bit more effective right now in the short term because the money gets to them right away. Right. And by the time a big charity organization can push the money through all of the paperwork and red tape that they need to go through, sometimes it's a little bit late and, and people have already been mobilized and people have already deployed. And so they aren't able to quite as effectively get them smaller things, right? Things that we would consider maybe not essential, but definitely very nice to have, like warm socks. You know, it's interesting that you, you contextualize it that way because I think about, you know, my wife is actually stationed uh, – in San Francisco, which is about a five, five and a half hour drive from here, one hour flight. And even if I'm going overnight to visit her, I'm checking to make sure I have enough underwear and socks and exactly. toothbrush. And right? meanwhile, yeah. there's literally a target like five minutes from her, her apartment. Yeah. <laughs> there's no target on the border of Gaza. <laughs> so- there's no target. No, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. And the things that you, you know, the things that they're buying with this money, I mean, they include, you know, tampons. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. hygiene products. These are like basics you just don't think about. But like, where are you going to get tampons in the middle of Gaza? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I don't know. And it's not going to happen. People don't have enough underwear. People don't have enough like sunglasses. I think there was like a a request for gloves, I believe, was one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely sunglasses, hats. Um, Mm -hmm. Underwear, like all of that stuff is just things that you you just you don't think about. But they're packing, if you can imagine, they're packing for many, many, many days away without right. like their, you know, weekly 25 cent laundromat across, <laughs> across the street. Yeah. And so these things that you you think you have, you definitely don't have enough of. Right. And Naomi, you made a really important point the other day when we were speaking that with what's happening right now, the chaos of this war, there's, uh, you know, there there's supplies in Israel, but a lot of the um, soldiers that want to get it need to pay in cash. So it's not like you can put it on credit and get everything you need, which is also what makes this fundraiser so important that the uh, soldiers are able to get access to the funds to then be able to purchase the items they need to keep them safe and warm and, and taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we um, before we wind this down, uh, we're definitely going to share the link here as well as in the show notes. Um, Erica, why don't you tell us how you and Naomi know each other? 
Naomi and I met on the kindergarten playground growing up. Um, she's been my <laughs> friend since, I mean, I don't have many memories of, I mean, I've, you know, of course, I have memories before that age, but the majority of my memories include Naomi. Um, she's my best friend, she's my family. Yeah, so all of this, uh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it, but all of this hits very, very close to home for all of us. Um, I can't imagine, mm -hmm. I have three kids, all of whom are at the age that they would be uh, called up right now, mm -hmm. uh, 18, That's 20, right. and 22. Um, and I can't imagine um, how, how Dina and Jonathan uh, and Laura's husband um, is processing mm -hmm. all of this. So right. this hits very, very much close to home. The link. It's hard to fathom. Yeah, it's hard to fathom. Um, so the link is spot.fund slash equipment for IDF reserves. That's spot.fund slash equipment for IDF reserves. Um, and uh, again, it'll be in our show notes. Anything uh, before we sign off, Erica, uh, that you want to say and then Naomi? Sure. Um, I just so glad that Naomi put this fu this fundraising effort together. It's so important. I mean, just the, the component that it is going directly to the reservists um, and it helps, it will help, you know, any funds, no matter how small the donation is, makes a difference and it will be, uh, it's incredibly important to help these soldiers get what they need so they're taken care of um, as they go into a very dangerous and uncertain situation. Naomi? Yeah, um, thank you for anything you can spare, even if it's just a share, everything helps. Um, but more importantly, even than that, please be proud. Tell your friends where you stand, where your Judaism, not just on your sleeve, but in your heart and uh, in the words coming out of your mouth. And, uh, yes. you know, don't shy away from making your opinion known. Terrific. Our, I, just, I would like to just add one more thing sure. here. Yeah. Um, so yes, wear your Judaism proudly, um, you know, talk about what's happening openly, share your understanding of the situation and the reality of what's happening, because there is so much misinformation out there, but also for people who are not Jewish, please, 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 I'll say it again, please support your fellow Jewish friends, show your support, let them know that you care, let them know that you're, that that they, they are, you are on their side because it feels very isolating and alone for many people in the Jewish community who don't have right. that awareness that people outside of the Jewish community are, are our allies. So please be vocal. You don't have to just be Jewish to be vocal about this issue. Well said. Well said. Thanks again for joining us today. Please consider contributing to this worthy cause. The URL again is spot.fund slash equipment for IDF reserves. Again, that's spot.fund slash equipment for IDF reserves. And that URL will be in the show notes. And I would also ask if you would stay tuned in here to this program as we'll continue discussing what's happening in Israel, as well as other pertinent issues but always with a sense of, again, tikkun olam, or trying to heal what's wrong in the world. Even if it's simply talking politics and religion without killing each other. And we'll keep doing what we're doing, doing the best we can, right? As usual, I'll ask you to go talk some politics and religion with gentleness and respect. 
and have a great week. And now, please enjoy the full version of Hazamir International's beautiful performance of Ose Shalom. Shalom, Shalom Aleinu, Vi Al-Qur Yisrael. 